0: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Unshakable Podcast. My name is Sam, and I am your podcast host. The Unshakable Podcast is an extension of Unshakable Ministries, where our goal is to educate, equip, encourage, and empower Christ followers to live the life that Christ expects us to live. Guys, as we dive in today, we're going to dig into the Word to see what the Lord has to say to us today. To hopefully allow the Spirit to speak to our hearts, uh, to open our eyes to see, our hearts to receive, our ears to hear uh, what He is going to say to us. I want to say that as we go into a new year, 2023, uh, 2022 was a very crazy year. I had to pause the podcast uh, for a period. I did not think that it was going to be most of the year, but it was, in fact, most of the year, unfortunately. Uh, but that's okay. Family takes priority over everything. That's my first ministry. It will always be my first ministry. And I needed to step away and just take some time uh, with my family. Um, started a new business last year, uh, which is just, it's been a crazy year. Uh, uh, 2022 is just a crazy year. But we're going into a new year. Um, I'm just invigorated. I'm excited to see what God is going to do in the coming months of 2023. Uh, we closed out the year um, uh, in 2021. You know, that was a year full of podcasts. It was a year full of information that uh, where we talked about the vaccine. We talked about COVID-19. We talked about the mandates, the lockdowns. We talked about end-time prophecy. And things like that. I want to go back and correct. I, I'm not taking these episodes down. Uh, and there's a reason for that, is because I firmly believe that through some of the information I put out there, uh, I hope that at this point in my faith walk, people can see the growth. I want them to see where I've transitioned from. I don't want to sit here and pretend to be a guy who has it all together, a guy who knows everything, a guy who has always known everything. Uh, I want people to see my growth as well. So there are certain episodes that talk about the rapture and when the rapture is actually going to happen. And in those episodes, I made some very distinct statements, some very clear statements, and I'm happy to report, um, as of today, God has completely changed my perspective on that, thanks to a particular pastor that I listened to out of Hawaii with Calvary Chapel. His name is J.D. Farag. You can find his prophecy updates at jdfarag.org and you too can see a lot of the information that is put out there. In fact, at that point in time, when I was going through a lot of the End Time Prophecy episodes, there was a lot of information that I was able to gather from J.D. Farag. I am thankful to have him in my life. Uh, thankful to be able to listen to him on a weekly basis and hear what he has to say his perspective, where he comes from. Um, I have always considered myself to be a typology nerd and and this is where I'm going with this. Uh, long story long. Uh, but in terms of the rapture, the rapture of the church, you know back during those episodes, I, I did say that I had not set myself in stone into a particular, um, category whether it be a pre-tribulation rapture, a mid-tribulation rapture, or a post-tribulation rapture; these are all three beliefs uh, that that are going around in reference to the rapture. I'm happy to report today that I am firmly a pre-tribulation rapture believer, and thanks to J.D. Farag for pointing out some typology in Scripture that I had clearly missed, and uh, that's why we gather people around us who God has gifted in different areas to help develop our growth and our spiritual walk with Christ, and I'm thankful that God led me to J.D. Farag, and he was able to answer a lot of questions for me. I had a lot of questions on the the rapture and when that was going to happen, and I had pretty much set myself to say that it was mid-tribulation. Again, I did not take a firm standpoint, at least I tried not to. I tried to be open to the possibility that it would be uh, pre-tribulation, and I would encourage you to go listen to that episode by J.D. Farag, and it was uh, proof of the pre-tribulation rapture, I believe was the title of that uh, prophecy update that he did, and I would encourage you to go look that up. I will try to post a link in the show notes uh, to that particular episode so you can go listen for yourself, and hopefully you will hear the typology. Again, open your mind to the possibility, no matter where you stand, that you might be wrong. And when you open yourself to that possibility, it makes it much easier for the Spirit to work, uh, to lead you to truth and enlightenment. So I encourage people to always do that. Um, well, to start off today's episode, I want to sort of go back to the end-time prophecies and where we currently are the end time prophecies and i do believe with my whole heart that we were we are literally on the cusp of the rapture of the church i believe that jesus is going to descend on the cloud the trumpet is going to blow at any given moment and i know over the decades i hear this Debate constantly uh, when I try to share end time prophecy uh, with people. They're like, but people have been saying that for decades. And I would argue that people have actually been saying that since biblical times. I mean, uh, and so it's been since Christ ascended to sit on the right hand of the Father that people have been talking about this. But I'm speaking in reference to how everything is correlating with the end-time prophecy that is now jumping off of the pages of Scripture, I believe that we are right there. It, it, would, it would not surprise me if uh, the rapture actually happened this year. It wouldn't surprise me if it happened within six months. It would not surprise me at all. Now, I'm not claiming a timeline. I'm not doing that. It could be another 50 years. I don't know. Only the Father knows when this is going to happen. I'm just sharing with you that based on end-time prophecy, unless things plateau and stop progressing at the rapid pace that they're going, then I would say that probably within the next 10 to 15 years that we will absolutely see the rapture. Um, I don't know that I will technically see it from the perspective of someone who is not a believer, uh, but I believe that it could happen within the next 10 to 15 years unless we plateau uh, with where things are in terms of technological advances, in terms of uh, the, where we are medically with the technology, where we are in the uh, financial institutions. Everything that is happening uh, right now is what leads me to believe that. Um, I believe that we are going to be a digital society, and, and I'm talking digital in a complete sense, financially, uh, medically, I believe uh, everything is going to be digital. And w- with that said, sort of what I've had conversations with people about end time prophecy, and there are many who they tend to check out. You know, when it comes to, oh man, if the rapture is that close, man, we're just we're going to look up and 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 watch for Jesus to come back. And while I think that is a principle. It's a biblical principle that we should do, that we should be watching for the Lord to come back, but in a sense, we can't check out. And I say that to say this: I believe that we have a mission until we are called out. I believe that we as Christians are called to continue to share the gospel, to continue to equip Christ's followers uh, for the mission until Christ comes and takes us home. So With that said, we're going to continue to move forward. We will talk about end-time prophecy. Uh, We will uh, will talk about other things. Again, my main ministry, my main calling is in the area of discipleship, is taking those who profess to be Christians to the next level. In 2022, if you don't know, I uh, was able to complete my second book, Elevate Thriving Disciple, Um, and and get that published, and uh, September the 1st of 2022, that book was released. It's available on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble, uh, the the websites, uh, Barnes & Noble website. Um, I would encourage you to pick up a copy of that. Not so much for me, okay? My goal has never been to be a best-selling author. That was not the goal. My goal was to... Sort of, as I said in the beginning of this episode, share my journey. Um, And and things that I've come across in my study time is to share that with other people, to encourage them, to empower them, to equip them, all of these things. This has been my goal not only with this ministry, the podcast ministry, but also with the ministry of what I put into words um, in, in terms of the book. So I'm hoping that you will go out and take an opportunity to purchase that book. Now here's the great thing. On Amazon, if you go to Amazon, and again, I will post a link to the book in the show notes. If you will go over to Amazon, there is a particular Christian retreat here local to me that was purchased by a developer uh, who is developing a major residential development uh, in the area of where this Christian camp retreat uh, was and it was in the process of either being sold off or demolished and obliterated and a dear pastor friend of mine who I actually served with and who actually married my wife and I um, grew up right outside of this Christian retreat and has been a, an amazing voice for this camp and um, save the camp has been his slogan for the last few years in trying to get people to come in and come alongside them and partner with them. And, and that, what that has looked like is they've actually, he went and sat down with the developer, um, and that's a story that I would hopefully like to get him in to be able to share that story with us. But he went in and actually sat down with the developer and worked out, out a deal where they could purchase the camp back and use it for the purpose of kingdom building. And last year, 2022, was the first year of holding camps there um, in a few years. And I have to tell you that um, based on the reports that I've seen and heard and read, uh, things went really well. They're going into 2023, and they're filling the books up for camps this year. So the reason I say that is this, is for the year of 2023, I am donating 50% of all book sales of Elevate Thriving Disciple through Amazon. If you purchase through Amazon, I am donating 50% of those proceeds to this camp. So not only are you getting some information that you can apply to your own walk with Christ, but you're also helping a great cause for kingdom work. Um, and I'm going to try to post some links in the show notes so that you can visit and read about Hargis Christian Camp to know what they're about, what they believe, um, as well as a link to the book on Amazon so you can link directly to that and pick up a copy of that today. Pick up three copies, ten copies, whatever. Do a Bible study with it, um, with with, uh, your small group, whatever you want to do with it. Um, but I would encourage you to do that and help us continue to raise funds for this effort for kingdom-building work. Now, with that said, today's episode is going to specifically talk about what the Christian life looks like, what it's really all about, because I feel like sometimes people completely misunderstand what the Christian life is actually about, what it actually looks like, And I believe that that is in part on the church. Uh, I'm not saying it's totally the church's fault, but I am saying that uh, one of the things, and I've said this for years, that the church actually lacks is the discipleship aspect of the ministry. They're great at evangelizing. They're great at loving on people, benevolence, you know, all of these things, but they miss the discipleship. And what we end up getting is we end up getting a lot of people who call themselves Christians, but they don't actually live out what it means to be a Christian. They and they don't know how. You know, so my goal with today's episode is to hopefully get us uh, turned to see a different side of things and how this should move forward and what our lives should look like. Um, and, and I hope that, that that these verses I hope they bring us to a point of being able to see that and hopefully encourage us as we move into 2023. Um, You know, we're in the season of resolutions. I tell people all the time resolutions are made to be broken, so why make them? Um, But I would encourage you to set goals, and and that is one of the things that um, I hope that this message will help us do is set goals to be better tomorrow than we are today, Uh, to be better followers of Christ, to be better lovers of people, to be better ministers of the gospel. That is what I hope that this does. I hope that it gets people off of the pew and into the pulpit. And I say that simply because many times we depend on people who are in the pulpit to do all of the work of the church, and that is not the way it's designed. We are all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ as Christ followers. So we have to get off of the pew and actually go to work and do what we're called to do. So, we're going to be in James chapter 2, and this is a a very popular passage. It has been in my years as a Christian, it has been in my years as ministry, uh, in the ministry, but I want to share these passages with you to hopefully get you to hear some things that are there. So I'm going to start reading in James chapter 2, and we're going to read the entire chapter, so just bear with me. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith? so also faith apart from works is dead. Now, if you've been a Christian for any period of time, you've, you've been to church and you've listened to messages on salvation and faith and things like that, you've probably heard Ephesians 2.8 talked about, um, it, it is by faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. However, we can't miss the context of what this means. You know, as James just says right here is... A simple profession of faith does not in fact impute salvation. In fact, one is not justified by a simple profession of faith, but they are justified by how that faith is acted out. And I I will put it this way. You know, I thought about different analogies and how I could approach this, but this is the the best one I could come up with, especially here in the state of Alabama where I live, Birmingham, Central Alabama. We don't get snow here very often. It's um very few and far between. But when we do get snow, man, the people in this town go crazy. The first report of accumulation of snow, or snow in general, sends people rushing to the grocery store to pick up milk, eggs, and bread. Why they do this, why it's milk, e- eggs, and bread, I'll never understand that. I would much rather have three boxes of Little Debbie's. and that's That's just me. But that's what they do but you've got this weatherman that is reporting on, we're going to have snow. And what happens is, is that belief in the weatherman's report is acted out by them leaving their homes to go to the grocery store to pick up what they think they may need during this potential snowstorm. Their faith or their belief in is acted out. So what James is saying is, You can't just simply claim to believe Jesus, believe in Jesus, believe in the Bible, believe in God, and never act that out. That is a dead faith. They're empty words. So what James is saying is what we technically are supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be acting out. Do we believe Jesus is coming back? Do you believe that as a Christ follower? Do you believe that he is going to ascend on a cloud and with a loud trumpet sound he is going to call us up to himself? I believe that. Because I believe that, I believe that I have to be busy about the mission of God. I have to be busy about the kingdom work. Whatever that looks like. It may look differently for you than it does for me. But I believe that and therefore I'm going to act on that. Do I believe that salvation comes by way of Jesus Christ only? Absolutely. So now I act on that faith and that belief in helping others to see that as well. So the question is, is when it comes down to how we live our lives, so many people, they profess to be believers uh, in Christ, but they never change the way that they live. Well, do we believe what the Bible says? Do we believe that the Bible tells us that we are to take off the old and put on the new? If anyone be in Christ Jesus, the old is gone; behold, all things are new. Galatians 2:20. I have been crucified with Christ; it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. So, when we look at these verses, do we believe what they say? And if we believe what they say, then we have to act on. The old man has to be put to death; it has to be crucified with Christ we have to crucify that person. What does Jesus say? If anyone des- desires to come after me, he must first deny himself. That's his his desires, his passions, his lust. He must deny himself, starve himself, take up his cross and follow me. That's what we must do. So if we believe Jesus to be the only way to God, we believe that Jesus was the perfect example and model for us in how we are to live and how we are to act then in fact, we have to act that out. Otherwise, what we profess is not true. It is dead. It's a dead faith. And this is what I've tried to communicate for years in, in, in my conversations with people about faith and works. Salvation is not based on works. That's not what it's based on. Salvation is based on faith. And that faith works. Does that make sense? So we're not saved by faith plus works. We're not saved by works. We're saved by a faith that works. Our faith is active. If it is a true faith. So I have to ask as we read these verses right here. How are you acting out your faith? Well, Sam, I get up and go to church on on Sunday mornings. How's that acting out your faith? What are you doing for the kingdom? How are you utilizing your gifts? Because you have been gifted by the Holy Spirit for kingdom work. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand for us to do. So before the foundation of the world... God prepared works for you to do. He gifted you before the foundation of the world, and he expects you to use them. As the Apostle Paul tells us, do not neglect the gift that is in us. So when you're acting out your faith, it's you're acting on the gifts that you've been given. So what are you doing to actively live out your faith? James is very clear about it. Even the demons believe and shudder there's a such thing as a demonic belief you can believe in Jesus but what you truly believe is acted out in your life it's not what goes into a man that defiles him but what comes out because what comes out comes from the heart that's what you truly believe so if you truly believe in Jesus stop the professing and start the practicing get to work, it's time for us to get busy. Especially now, as I said, I believe the rapture could be at any moment. And if we truly believe that Jesus could return at any moment to take us home, wouldn't that then motivate us to get up, to stop being apathetic, and to actually get to work doing what we have been called to do as Christ followers? Wouldn't that, in fact, embolden us empower us to stand up and stand against the wicked ways of this world. And what the the deception that is going on in this world right now. But what I see coming from many churches, I'm not saying all, but what I see coming from many churches out of the mouths of many people who profess to be Christians is a very apathetic and or apostate attitude. It's sort of, well, I want Jesus to get me out of hell, but I don't want to do what Jesus expects me to do. That faith is dead. That is a worthless faith. If you want Jesus to get you out of hell and you believe that he can, you believe he is who he says he is and did what he said he did, then that should lead you to act on, just as the weatherman's forecast, that should lead you to act on if you truly believe it. Because I'm here to tell you that what we see going on in the world today is a satanic agenda. And churches are falling victim victim to it day in and day out. I've seen and heard pastors preaching from the pulpit to get the vaccine. This is short-sighted. This is not looking at the bigger, bigger picture. They're telling us that we have to be completely compliant with every mandate of government. This is short-sighted and missing the big picture. What I'm telling you is that Satan is working in and through the hearts of men to bring about his agenda, which is leading to the revelation of the Antichrist. It's all end-time prophecy coming to fruition. But what are we doing? What are we doing for the kingdom? You know, we stand and we voice our opinions constantly and how we feel about this and how we feel about that, but we don't have any Christians that have real backbone that are willing to stand on the truth and say absolutely no way the line is drawn in the sand. We are called by Scripture to expose... The evil deeds of darkness, Ephesians 5.11. But what we have instead is we have Christians who are standing in solidarity with a lot of what is being pushed, the agendas that are being pushed via vaccine mandates. And, oh, uh, mask mandates, oh, we should just, no. Romans 13, Romans 13. Let me tell you why they get it wrong so many times. When they bring about Romans 13. First and foremost, Romans didn't have chapters when it was written. Romans was written as one collective letter. We separated it by chapters and verses just so we could better identify areas in Scripture. So let's read it in its entirety. But the second thing is, and the biggest thing is, they do realize that Jesus stood against the very organization that added man-made rules and regulations that were outside what God had pre-established as good and evil or what was required. the Pharisees. This was an organization this was they were established by God don't get me wrong understand what I'm saying. The Pharisees were established by God and they were to rule over God's people to sort of keep them in check. To hold them accountable, right? Well, when we get to Romans 13, we see another picture here of government, is what they're calling it, or a governing body. We have, in the United States, have identified that governing body as being our government. And I won't get into that in this episode, but here's what I want you to see. God established government, paraphrasing Romans 13, verses 1 through 7, God established government to punish evil. Because it says that those who do good have nothing to fear. But those who do do evil should fear because they don't bear a sword in vain. So that to say this, God has pre-established what is good and what is evil. Man cannot then come in and decide what is good and what is evil. God sets the standard. Anything outside of that standard... Does not apply to me because God is my authority. God is higher than man-made government. And if my higher authority tells me that something is good and that something is evil, then I will operate within the boundaries and the standards that God set. I don't need a government to tell me that. So therefore, I will not subject myself to a government that has stepped outside of God's authority and created man-made rules and regulations just like the Pharisees did the pharisees in fact took more I, I hate to call them attacks but they they were in like line of fire with jesus a lot because of what they had done they had established this false religion And Jesus was calling people away from that into a relationship with him. And that is exactly where we should stand as Christ followers. We have to stand in the face of what is happening. We have to have the the boldness and the backbone, the perseverance to stand and say, absolutely not, we will not stand for this. Now that doesn't mean that we revolt. That doesn't mean that we go into violent protest. No, we can peacefully disobey. And that's what I'm calling for Christians to do. Number one, speak up about the truth. Stop going along with every little thing. The the, the mainstream narrative, who do you think controls mainstream in this world? We're told in Scripture that the ruler of this world is Satan. So who do you think controls the mainstream narrative? Politicians control science. Science controls the narrative. Narrative controls the people. So you tell me who runs the mainstream narrative in this world. I know who it is. God's word exposes who it is. It's Lucifer, Satan, the man of lawlessness. He is a liar and a deceiver, and he came to deceive the whole world. We have to stand on our faith, act on our faith. Do you believe what it says? Do you believe what Jesus says? If so, your heart should be convicted to act that out regardless of what it costs you. Whether it be your job. I've heard so many Christians say, who have said, no, I got the vaccine because, you know, if I didn't, I was going to lose my lose my livelihood. And, you know, i got to make sure I can take care of my family. No, no, no. You don't take care of your family. God takes care of your family. We have to stand in the face of lies. Regardless of what it costs us, up to and even our lives. We need men and women of faith to stand up to stop backing down, and to actively live out what they profess to believe by practicing it. Will you do that today? Father, we thank you. God, we love you for your word. We love you for your truth. There is nothing that stands in the face of your truth. God, we pray, I pray right now, God, you would expose the darkness Your word tells us that what is done in the darkness will come to the light. God, we are praying right now that you expose the darkness for all believers to see. And for those that are not believers, we pray that your spirit would cry out to them, that your spirit would remove scales from their eyes to let them see the truth as well, God, and that they would come to know who you are. God, that we would leave empty religion that is worthless. We would stop just simply professing, and God, we would begin to practice what we say we believe. God, we know the disciples willingly went to their deaths because they believed. That is action. That is what a faith in you requires, is action. God, I am praying now that as the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. I am calling for men and women to come out of the darkness, to step into the light, to take heart in the ministry that you have called them to, that they would speak boldly, that they would shed the spirit of timidity, knowing that you have given us a spirit of great power and of sound mind, that we would look to your word for truth and nothing else. Not politicians, not science, not mainstream media. But God, we would look to you and you alone for truth because there can be no truth outside of you. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. In Christ's name. Hey guys, just know that I love you. And until next time, remain unshakable.